What's up, internet friends? I'm Kevin Garaventa, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. This is a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. Today, we are talking about Blasphemous, which was developed by a small Spanish developer, The Game Kitchen, after a successful Kickstarter campaign in 2017, and two years later, it was finished and published by Team 17. This is one of those very strange action platformer and exploration games that takes heavy inspiration from the Castlevania series, but with a much more medieval and religious influence, like in the Dark Souls games. Now joining me today is a very good friend of mine and a former neighbor who I once lived down the street from, Brian Everett. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey, it's great to be here. Really excited. Been looking forward to this a lot. I I think that... uh... I really am a big fan of your podcast. I love your opening music so much. It's so awesome. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, I, I love just, uh, you know, having having someone to talk to you about this game um, because I, I feel like I really need to dissect it. So I'm, I'm very glad you picked it. Good choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. But before we start talking about everything to do with Blasphemous, is there anything you want to plug and promote? I know you have your own podcast. Uh, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I do. Uh, we talk about PlayStation Plus games. Um, wow. You stole my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, I am one of the co-hosts of the You Hate to Hear It podcast, uh, which you can find on Apple or your podcast catcher of choice. And what we do is we uh, kind of choose a song that sticks in one of our craw for some reason. And uh, we kind of dissect the song. We talk about it. We talk about, about the history of the artist, the things we like, the things we don't like. We make a lot of really raunchy jokes and um, and uh, also give recommendations about stuff that you should listen to besides the uh, crap that seems to be um, a curse that has been put on our culture by a uh, higher cosmic god of whom we are uh, that that we must, you know, be penitent of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm a fan of your show as well. I listened to a couple episodes, uh, last week and, and, and was laughing pretty hard during, during a lot of it. Uh, I, I listened to the, the Jonas brothers episode and, um, that was, that was really funny. And then, uh, was there a Miley Cyrus episode that I listened to? I, I think there was. Yeah. So, yeah, we did, uh, we did Miley Cyrus, uh, uh, I think her song is "By Myself Flowers" or just I think it's just called "Flowers." Yeah, I always I always screw up the titles of the songs, but um, yeah, it was "Flowers." It was great. She uh, goes to a swimming pool and does a lot of you know working out and and uh, just has some amazing vocals with a song that just didn't quite get there for us. Yeah, yeah, and then the Jonas Brothers episode was about their song "Waffle House." which uh, my favorite part about uh, or analyzing that song is when you talk about the music video it's not taking place in a waffle house, which is a huge missed opportunity. Why didn't they do that? God, I thought if they, if those three (laughs) hunky boys were just stuffing themselves with waffles the whole time in that music video, it would have been a 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But if you listening out there want to be a part of an episode of the PlayStation plus game club, you can send us an email at psplusgameclub at gmail.com with game suggestions or thoughts you have about our monthly featured game and getting back to it. The game we picked this month is blasphemous. This game was crazy. 
It's <laughs> I, I don't so nuts. I don't know how to even start talking about it. Like uh, it is. It reminded me just from looking at it before I knew how it how it played. Just from looking at it, I thought it was going to be like Dark Souls, but as if Dark Souls was on the Super Nintendo. And it's not quite like that, but it's close. Uh, did did you kind of get that that first impression as well? I mean, I that's why I like got it on Switch originally, um, right when it came out, because someone was just like, "This is a Souls game," and I am a huge FromSoft fan. Yeah. Um, from I think you know I actually got into FromSoft when I had a PS3. This must have been in about like twenty. It, it probably was in two thousand ten. And uh, I had these two twin boys uh, I, in, uh, the, in my class. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I guess I'll just give that up. Um, and I had these two twin boys in my class. They were like, Mr. Everett, you like video games? Cool. Have you ever played this game, Demon Souls? It's like this Japanese game. It's really hard. And, like, no one could ever beat it. I was like, sounds cool or whatever. But, yeah, right on. Lots of cool Japanese games. And they brought, they brought in a copy of it. They're like, you should check it out. And I played it just absolutely obsessively. And then, uh, you know, a year later in 2011, the Dark Souls comes out and I was just like absolutely hooked from then on out. Yeah. I'm just such a huge fan. Yeah, my history with with Souls games, I tried Dark Souls, I think, back in like 2013, 2014. And I was curious about it and it didn't really stick with me. But that was because I didn't really understand the mechanics and and like how it was supposed to work, where you were supposed to continuously try and try over and over but get beaten down until you really got smart about how you were playing and i was i was playing very recklessly and uh got very downtrodden about you know getting beaten and pushed back and and just not really learning from my own mistakes but then back in 2018 uh i oh it was 2017 i had just been laid off and was looking for a new job and I felt like I needed something to really persevere and achieve and, and like fight against and bloodborne from the, the company from soft uh, had just gotten free on, on PlayStation plus. And I was like, well, I'll give this a try. And, you know, actually I, I stuck with it and felt very accomplished when I finally beat it. Um, and and I, I absolutely loved that game. Uh, I loved it so much that I went out and bought the Dark Souls trilogy, went back and, and started playing Dark Souls again, and I got it. I, I understood how that game really works. The the And I'll just say, I'll yeah. add to that, because when people talk about Blasphemous as being a Souls-like, when I actually played the game, that connection felt a lot like more like tenuous than its connection to uh, Bloodborne. I really feel like this game just like takes a lot of hints from Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, because in this game, unlike Dark Souls, in this game, there is no shield to block with. So you're just going to have to like parry uh, an enemy's uh, strike at you. But, uh, you know, other than that, there's no there's no real pushback when it comes to if your character dies, you don't drop your currency where they died and have to get back there. But there is a point that gets dropped that you if you make it back there, you can collect that again. And it the only thing it does is restore your your magic points that, that you're earning as you're you're collecting and, and killing other enemies. So it's not like you're really dropping currency and then losing it if you don't make it back. But that's about the only connection that I felt like I had to a soul series where like, yeah, there's this marker that gets dropped in place, but it's only the magic points that you 
you have to go back and collect. Other than that, it's it's not much there as far as the the gameplay goes uh, that that connects to a Dark Souls game. Uh, and I guess and- I, I I would talk about like maybe one other. There's one other if we want to. I, I don't know if we do spoilers or whatever, but like um, if we want to talk about the end game, there is a, a, a there, this is actually there's Bloodborne and this that really have like this incredibly obtuse confusing way to get the true ending that yeah. you would you would never be able to know unless I, I, you just somehow I, I don't know you would either have to play it obsessively hundreds of hours to figure it out on your own uh or you would have to use a little bit of the old youtube video game <laughs> magic yeah yeah and i think that is the the only other connection that it has to dark souls and and like that style of game where it's just very obtuse and you almost need an internet guide to take you through the whole game so you can see everything in it and and at least understand what is happening in this game because uh i i feel like i really only understood the story when i started reading about it online after i finished it and that same kind of thing happens with dark souls and bloodborne and that's that's another mark of a good souls game where it's just something is happening that you don't understand until you you read about it online if that if you crave like a a, a lore that, d- that that is only given to you by like item descriptions and really kind of reading into what the npcs are telling you and because th- there's there's cutscenes, but there's not really a lot, right? And they're not yeah. like they're they're enigmatic. But like to get through like the esoteria of the game, you have to esoterica, excuse me, of the game. Um, you 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 kind of do need to like have a friend, an internet friend, uh, help you process <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be looking at horrible things happening on screen, and you're not going to understand why you're seeing them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Regretful be the heart, penitent one. The anguish of the eldest brother has now come to an end. I am Deo Gracias, witness to and narrator of the acts of the grievous miracle. Such is my penance. As yours is silence. The cradle of affliction is what you seek. This can be found in the mother of mothers of the churches. We haven't really talked about like what the gameplay of this looks like. It's a it, it's more akin to a Metroidvania where uh, you know, that, that term was, was coined back when, uh, the, the game Metroid came out and then Castlevania iterated on that structure where you're going through a two dimensional castle or environment, whatever. And it's kind of maze like, and you have to navigate your way around through caves or, or, or like dungeons, whatever. And then you end up finding something that gives your character a new ability and usually that ability is an attack ability that you can use against enemies, but it also opens doors or 
like lets you lets you climb higher or lets you jump a second time in midair. You know, they, they always tend to do certain things that allow you to make it further throughout this labyrinth that you're exploring. And you often have to backtrack through places you've already been to unlock new upgrades or explore new places to go. And it's like some of the best ones of those of those genre that that genre, they tend to be pretty nonlinear. And one thing I love about this game is that it sets you out to find three bosses or enemies to kill. And you can go about attacking whichever one of those you want in any order. And it, it's very nonlinear. And I love that about the structure of this game. There are scaling as far as like enemies go. So like you could go after the hardest one first, which I did. And that was a huge mistake. Uh, or you could go after, (laughs) yeah, you could go after the easier ones first and have an easier time making it through the game. Uh, but the game doesn't tell you what to do or where to go. You just kind of have to find it on your own. Yeah, I can kind of consider, I kind of consider the, the pathway to be bilinear in this game. There is the, especially at that moment after you talk to Dio Gracias, which is uh, their NPCs in this game are amazing. Yeah. But you meet this, you meet this, you meet this guy. Everybody's bigger than you, pretty much, except <laughs> for some of the enemies. Yeah. Everybody's huge. I'm like, I was just like, what happened? Are, are you guys? What are What are you guys eating? Uh, you meet this giant dude who's wrapped up in ropes, and he's wearing this uh, capriote which actually you are wearing one too. And a Capriote is like this triangle hood kind of, it, I mean, it, it's a lot like what you think of, like, I mean, I guess I don't really want to get into this too much, but well, it looks like a, looks like a Ku Klux Klan hat yeah. a little bit, but essentially it looks like a, right. it's, it's like a giant metal dunce cap that like, that's, that's the better way to mm-hmm. describe it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the Capriote was this original kind of sign of penitence in uh, the the time of the Spanish Inquisition, and all the stuff that comes from the 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 history of the Spanish Catholic Church that the developers like put into this is so interesting to me. And there's just a lot of deep lore. Anyways, you meet this guy and uh, Dio Gracias, and he's just like, "Well, first, what you should do is go. Where does he tell you to go first to the mountain?" He tells you to go to uh, the the nearest town, which is what was it called? I'm, I'm oh, looking. so this this would be the second time that you talk to him when he's like there. The, you have to do this thing to get like the three holy wounds. And yeah. then he tells he tells you to them. He tells you to go fight these three bosses, essentially. And he tells you them out of order. If you do the first one that he says, you do the hardest one first, which is what I did, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so mean, <laughs> just so cruel. I it, love it. it is. It is. And that's like the, the overarching, uh, feeling of this world where it is, it is really cruel and, uh, very misleading. The, the name of the place that you were trying to think of, he, he tells you to go to the bridge of the three Calvaries and pass oh, through well, the bronze door. Right. Which yeah. you can't do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to, uh, you know, first kill the, the three uh, the, was it the, the three pains or, or something? The, the, the three wo- sins, the wounds. The wounds the yeah. Wounds. Yeah. Right. Uh, so like it's, it's, that's, that's an obvious, you know, like an allusion to the wounds of Christ, right? He had like, mm-hmm. three famous wounds on his hands and then one in his side. And then these, these wounds are like items that you have to get in order to open the door. It's one of the classic get to a door. Ah, you can't open it. Well, you need three magic things first. Okay. Go get those. 
And then you feel like, God, is the I got the thing. Is the game over? Am I about to see the boss on the other side? Nope, no, there's a lot more to do. It's, it's halfway over. You have to kill another three bosses just to get to the final fight in the game. And that's not even the true end. Like beating him is not even the true ending. You still have other stuff to do before you can get the true ending. I love that kind of stuff. It really reminded me of uh, when I was a kid, I had Castlevania 2 on Nintendo. Yeah. And and uh, God love Nintendo Power. I thank God for that magazine because it got me through a lot of these games. But um, I, I was just like so stuck on that game, just like couldn't do something. And then the Nintendo Power said something to the effect of like, okay, you have to go get this magic gem. And then what you need to do is you need to go to this outland area right outside of the village. Then you need to go up against this wall and kneel for like 11 seconds. Then a giant gargoyle will come, which, yeah, Souls took that one and they've used that a bunch. <laughs> um, a giant gargoyle will come and then take you to the place where you actually need to go. And it's just like, how would someone just with a Nintendo and a cartridge that they rented from Albertsons ever know how to do it? It's yeah. so, I love that kind of development. Yeah, and and I have a few of those moments in this game too, where like you come upon uh, this this item that you can get, but it's behind a locked gate, and the only way to open that gate is to have your character stab themselves with their own sword, and you take damage, but the gate opens, and so it, the game doesn't also tell you that you can do that. You have to like hold down the circle button, and that will have him like stab himself. And it's, it's like, why, first of all, why would you ever want to do this in the game? And second, how would you know that you can do this? Because the circle button just, it does something else when you tap it, but holding it down makes him like impale himself with the sword. It's, I love that. It's so cool. (laughs) It's so crazy and dark. The amount of, uh, the amount of self mutilation that your, uh, the character, your character, the penitent one nameless penitent one the amount of uh, punishment that he goes through is just on another level I, I i i challenge anyone to think of a game where a character suffers so much <laughs> blessed are the eyes that with devotion see my tormented heart let the ones who are joyful in affliction and fasting come to me for they are pleasant penance Six stinging pains lance my flowery breast. Take the first one and purge one of your six mortal stains over the soul. One thing we haven't talked about yet is what this game looks like. And to me, like it, it is rendered in beautiful pixel art. Some of the, the environments and the character models are amazing to look at. But then there are cutscenes that happen every once in a while, and they fit in place of uh, of the rest of the game. And you you end up like seeing these these scenes that are rendered again in pixel art, but they are incredibly detailed. They reminded me a lot of the game. Uh, what was it uh, another world that was on the the Amiga originally, and then ported Super to Super Net. Super Nintendo? Yeah, and it the the cutscenes are very brief, but they are done in uh, a very vibrant way, and like a very very like the actions that are taken in them are very slow and methodical. So it's it's not like the game itself is processing a lot, but it is it is doing a lot of things very slowly in these scenes to allow you to really just take in these images 
in in like how amazing they look at the same time they look horrible and sometimes you just can't believe what you're seeing and and like you wonder how did someone think this shit up like uh there's there's one particular thing that you stumble upon where to get a, a health upgrade your character finds some sort of angel or spirit that is floating in a room and it is a bare-breasted woman that has like six or seven swords stabbed into her chest and she pulls one of these swords out and offers her blood to you and that is the health upgrade that's <laughs> and like this is yeah, something that, that is like rendered in in bright beautiful colors and, and it looks like a painting but at the same time it is horrible to see and uh you know it, it adds to just that that painful style of the rest of the game. So I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time. One thing I really have enjoyed doing in my life is going to, um, Spanish, uh, well, Spanish, Latin American, Italian. And uh, I don't think this happens too much in French cathedrals, but there would always be this section. And a lot of times, like if you go to Il Duomo in Florence, um, the top of the uh, of the dome of the cathedral or like a top part or some part that's kind of out of the way, but it eventually is going to catch your eye is a depiction of hell. And there is just people being mutilated, people being flayed like they oh. they they really like in the t- in the time in the the pre Renaissance uh, c- Catholic Church art was definitely they were afraid to show nudity <laughs> for some of these but they were not afraid to show just people being absolutely picked apart and having so so many bad things happen to the human body and then the other the other art inspiration that I feel like that must be happening here although I didn't really find any evidence for it online is the paintings of Hieronymus Bosch where there would be just like a bird with like a huge butt and yeah. the butt would, ha- and then a a guy would be like sucked into the butt, and then there would be like <laughs> another like another like little devil, like like a uh, horrible little devil creature, just like coming out of a hole and like pitchforking the dude, and just like these scenes of and and like the the paintings were made in a way where it's just like it looks like a Where's Waldo that was made by like uh like a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're so intense and they're so beautiful and so strange. But I think, I think a lot of this might be like a, uh, some of the art might be a little Hieronymus Bosch influenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you see that also in like some of the, the character interactions that you have where you, you said that like the, all of these people are giants. Well, their character models take up almost the entire screen when, when you see them. So you're, your character, the the penitent one, is just a puny little person on screen, while the the NPCs that you interact with are massive, and you're you're just there to like talk to them or like get an upgrade from them. And like you said in these paintings, horrible things are happening to them, and they're just kind of there, uh, either allowing it to happen or uh, like just hanging out and willing to talk to you. Uh, one of the worst ones that that I remember that I just, I can pick out is the guy named, uh, I, I'm, I don't know exactly how to pronounce, pronounce this, but it's a, it's Nascimento and mm-hmm. he Spanish for birth. Yeah. He is 
he's the one that you go to for the health upgrades uh, that that upgrade your healing item. So if you take so much damage, you can heal with the the bile flasks that you have, and you can give him one, which will make the ones that you can hang on to a lot stronger. And when you first meet him, he's got uh like his shirt is partially open, and you can see there's a face on his chest, like like Orcos from Total Recall. Like he he's just kind <laughs> I of love like. That guy. He's poking at it. Yeah, he's poking at it and and like just curious about it. And then the next time, like after a couple of times you you meet him and give him a few flasks, he'll start to give birth to another figure or human being giant, whatever. Uh, and it will actually start to come out of his chest. And at one point you can get an upgrade from him and it's halfway coming out of his chest. He's screaming in pain, but he'll still give you the upgrade. Uh, and it's just <laughs> that's, that's how babies are made. <laughs> oh, man. At least that's what they wanted you to think in the Middle Ages, right? <laughs> they had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like the last time that you, you like visit him, he's just he's a dead. He's dead slumped over. And then this other body is laying on the floor covered in in mucus or uh, fluid, whatever it is. Um and it's just like, it, again, it is horrible to see, but amazing to at the same time because of, of yeah. how detailed it is. The the art is beautiful. I think what they do with, you know, a, a lot of times there's like between eight and 14 like different color pixels on yeah. the page at once, which is how they can do like the super fast processing that allows for the like amazing combat. Um but like what they can do with it is just absolutely amazing. If you, I would just say like, if you're playing this on, if you're playing on this on the, on a big screen TV, like with an HD or whatever, like it look it looks a little bit different than it does on the switch yeah. on the switch on the switch. Sometimes like there's this great, another great character who's being tortured is Socorro, who uh, is the way that you heard the path that you kind of have to follow through that character, that NPCs, um, storyline, which is a total side quest that you can absolutely miss. Yeah. And there's, there's only like eight steps that, you, and if you, if you screw one up, you're not going to get the cool <laughs> thing. Um, but like what, what's happening to this NPC is she's like in a, in a little bed and she's just constantly being ripped apart and her blood is going everywhere. And on, on the, on the NHD, it looks it looks really cool. Like, yeah. uh, and then on the switch, I found that it looked like little, little squares were kind of just jumping <laughs> off. Kind of yeah. killed it a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, the, like the, the themes that go around a lot of these characters too, are quite horrible. Like there's a guy who is worshiping her because she is part of what they call the miracle. And she is just writhing in pain. And, and he's thinking this is like the greatest thing ever because, uh, he is witnessing what they call the miracle. Uh, you can either like when you when you reach her, you can either uh, sacrifice an item that you've collected to her or you can end her suffering and just kill her outright. And <laughs> this guy, if you end up like like sacrificing items and she sort of just disappears in a ball of light, this guy might go up to the rooftop and just throw himself off depending yeah. on, on what you've done in the game. Uh, if you if you meet him in the wrong point of that quest, he's just like, bye-bye, boom, and he just d- completely just does a nosedive off the highest part of the of the level. Yeah. And um, and so so you have to be like, okay, 
like how uh, this this is one thing that I kind of think about this game. I'm just like, okay, how was I supposed to know not to go talk to him right now? Yeah, like how was I supposed to know that? Luckily, thank thank God for YouTube (laughs) and the Internet, like the Internet is a godsend for something that is that obtuse like this. And thus, guilt, repentance, mourning and every pain of the soul of all kind were visibly and tangibly manifested everywhere and in all of us. Sometimes in the form of blessing and grace. Sometime in the form of punishment and corruption. That divine will, equally pious and cruel, which we could not and will never be able to unravel, was called the miracle. We haven't talked about the story itself yet. So like that's that was I think the most perplexing part of this game and how how it works is or how it goes is that there is a religion known as the miracle is rampant in the land of custodia and its manifestations have turned its devotees into nightmarish and twisted creatures there the land you know was once bright and peaceful has been thrown into a, a you know dark age and is filled with devastating foes that and secrets are waiting to be discovered uh there's there's tons of lore that you can find just by reading the item descriptions like in a dark souls game uh and and i'm going to read like some of the backstory here that i gathered from the the wiki so it starts okay, i've immersed i've i've immersed myself in this too so yeah yeah uh, riddled with frustration and their insufficient devotion, the high pontiff heaved his golden throne and turned the entire throne black. He killed himself on the throne, I guess. Like that—that's—that's that's what I can glean from it. Is this—is this guy Escobar? Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, this is not okay, Escobar. Okay. Um, but years pass, and all of a sudden, it appears something was beginning to change in the state of the high pontiff. Dried out, dying branches began to emerge from the ends of his, ends of his fingers and slowly started growing out from all over his pallid, immobile body. The high pontiff was transformed into a great, withered, and barren tree and began to burn for 90 days and 90 nights. Once the tree had been entirely consumed by flames, a huge mountain of ash stood in its place, topped by the infamously turned throne, unoccupied and unguarded. The remaining church leadership scrambled upwards to reach the top and assume the throne, but the mountain began to shift beneath their feet, and before long, the mountain of ash had swallowed up each and every soul who had been present in the cathedral. From the ashes rose those poor and fortunate souls who had been swallowed up, transformed into horrible, deformed and bloodthirsty beasts, wildly aggressive and violent in nature, but with their faith intact. What what a way to start a horror video game! I dude, like so cool. Ba- based on <laughs> like the the terrible side of religion and uh, people just wanting power and and scrambling to it and then getting swallowed up by the remains of of something there, and then just devoting their lives to uh, what they call the miracle. A- another interesting thing that you mentioned was that uh, there are allusions to uh, Catholicism and. 
like certain symbolism uh, regarding Christ. And if you actually look at the the design of this game, you don't see any sort of crucifixes or allusions to any specific religion, but it just looks like something you'd see when thinking of the Middle Ages and the especially the Spanish Inquisition. Well, you know, I was uh, raised Catholic and in my church, we did have a lot of uh, popes that would float on giant floating chairs that then oh had no giant way orcs, yeah and they would just yeah. stab you and it was <laughs> Sundays were really hard oh okay yeah. so only our bishops would float but but yeah um I, I just refer to anyone <laughs> with a hat as a pope I was just like I gotta kill this pope oh that pope killed me yeah <laughs> the the uh the the thing that the, the thing that you kind of see like the the game the, the game kind of really starts when you which i love you press l1 to resurrect yourself that yeah. is friggin' fantastic that is such a nice touch yeah and uh, and you're basically like sitting on a pile of bodies of guys that look like you yeah right guys guys with a big pointy metal hat and and armor and with uh, cool purple cloth, I would just say, "Hey, nice, nice choice." <laughs> you know, I like to, I like to also wear loud clothes too. Occasionally, I think purple is a great color. It's not, it's good on me. It looks great on the penitent one. But he wakes up, and he's like basically just in a mass of these bodies. But behind him, you see another one of these giant people, and that's what like the 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 guy that you see is that dude. Well, one of the many dudes. Who have turned have got turned into a tree. God, if you do everything right in this world, you're getting turned into a tree. <laughs> that's just what's gonna happen. That, that's the 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 goal, I think. Yeah. He he t- so he like tied himself up to this giant to this to this tree and uh is kind of just like, you know, was suffering and stuff. And apparently the gods, the the miracle, the the what are they, the greater will, which I think Elden Ring, uh you know, you guys might get sued <laughs> that one. But um, so it ha- had decided that that was really cool that he did that. Yeah. And he started to kind of bleed this golden blood and the golden blood made all kinds of cool stuff happen. And it was, you know, part of this greater miracle, which then it kind of sets the scene for everybody else in Custodia to be like, oh, it's super cool to hurt yourself and like torture yourself forever. Like that's what the gods want us to do. Also, I will just say the the land of Custodia, very clean toilets. <laughs> I just thought of I just thought of custodians. I guess maybe I just <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> oh, thank you for for clarifying that. Yeah, I did not get your I joke at to, first. <laughs> I have to explain a variety of everything that I say, but in my dreams, I heard your footsteps coming closer. In my dreams, I tried to talk to you and introduce myself. Guardian of the miracle and of the miracle banner, with great pain, I carry the emblem of the Father. I am the hands of bloodied skin. I am the eyes from which your mother gazes. But nothing I know of you, apart from your cold, nameless visage, Apart from your calloused and wounded hands, apart from the mourning of your deaths. No, I know nothing of you. Only the miracle knows. Now may your sword, full of guilt, with mine of gold, collide. Let them hurt and march in procession. 
I curse you forever in name. I bless you forever in death. We did uh, like mention you did mention the endings earlier, and I really don't think there was a lot to spoil for this game because you know there's there's so much happening that you have to read about that I don't think anyone listening that hasn't played it is going to be surprised by a lot of things that we talk about because you're not going to get that from the game itself. So first of all, let, let's talk about those endings. Like when you finally do reach the, the, the final fight and the, the final boss itself is, is pretty trippy because you, you end up fighting. Um, well, he has two different forms and I don't remember what was his name to begin with. His name is, his name is Escribar. Escribar. So he, yes. Escribar is the guy who uh, felt that the people weren't torturing themselves enough. And uh, and he also was just like uh, st- starting to feel a little dissatisfaction, I think, with religion, which a lot of religious people end up feeling kind of in their old age. And they uh, he turned his throne away from his congregation and he never addressed them again. So maybe and at the beginning and, and like I'm questioning myself, maybe at the beginning of the, the description, that was Escobar who turned his throne. But that, you end up that's fighting what him. I think. You end up fighting him, and he's supposed to be dead already. So I, I'm not even sure what's going on in this game, and I've been trying to read up on it. Because he came out of the ashes, too. So yeah. this, big pi- this big pile of ash that everyone's like, if you want to be cool, mm-hmm. you better get to the top of this. And everyone's like, all right, cool, let's go. And they're like, ah, shit, fell into the ash. Now <laughs> I'm a monster. But this guy, when he did it, he now he's come back as this red skinned super tough guy with a golden sword. And he's just like everybody yeah. that co- everybody that gets this far, I got to kill. So here we go. Yeah. And then after you kill him the first time, he re- he resurrects and becomes this giant who is known as the last son of the miracle. And you have to fight his face uh, that, that like is covered in a helmet, but he, he attacks using uh like lightning fire and, and like poison gas. And then he's outfitted in full papal regalia made of metal. And like, there's, there's like a human body made into a necklace across his, his chest. Uh, he's yeah. The, the front of his helmet opens up after you've, you struck this giant floating sword enough times. And, uh, you can then attack his face, which is bright red. And, uh, like it is like, that's the weak spot of this boss, but it is up in the air. And so there are platforms that are fading in and out into existence and you have to time it right to, uh, like have his, his helmet open and then, uh, have a platform there to, to strike at him. And there's a lot going on during this final fight and you have to keep it all in check while you're, you're trying to avoid his attacks as well. So it Kevin, is Kevin, I want to make I want to make a promise to you, bro. Yeah. If I ever turn into a 700 foot tall giant metal <laughs> demon completely covered in armor, what I'm, I'm going to do two things for you. First off, I'm going to make little ice platforms. OK, because <laughs> I want to make it I want to make it fair or I guess they're ash platforms, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. And I'm going to put those around so you can kind of Mega Man and platform up. 
And then occasionally, <laughs> occasionally what I'll do is I'll drop my mask and open my face so you can whack me there. It is a classic. This is a classic <laughs> video game thing. Mega Man, I think, might have been the first game that ever did this. Yeah. Where it's just like, can't hit him now. And then he'll pop his head out and I'll and I'll be able to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then you do get to you kill his final form and what happens. But what was his name? Is it is it Tirso who shows up at the end? Uh, it's Chris, uh, Cristiano. Cristiano. Yes. Uh, so he's, he's there. Santa. Santa. Yeah. So he's there at the base of the, this ash pile and tells you, you now. Oh, no, have... sorry, sorry. No, that's Dio. Dio Gracias is there. The big guy with the ropes. That's yes, Dio Gracias. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's there. He tells you like, you've, you've finished your, your quest climb and ascend this, this mountain of ash. And, you know, the first time that I beat it, the penitent one started to climb it and you just sink slowly into the ash mountain. And uh, the uh, Dio Gracias then reaches into the ash and pulls out your helmet and throws it on a pile of a thousand helmets that look just like yours. And you realize you were just one of a thousand people that didn't make it up this this mountain. And it's so weird because when he does that, he then goes... Sorry, Mario. Our princess is in another castle, <laughs> and, then he, and then he flipped you the bird. That's it. Yeah. So mean. It's that's a that is the that's the, so that's the uh, like ending one. Yeah. That, yeah. that you can get, and uh, which that's the one that I got when I played it on Switch in the car while I was watching like uh, my kid do soccer, <laughs> uh, and uh, the th- that one was just like, oh, game, dude. Did you just give me the big fu? Wow, I just I worked my butt off to get there. It was all for nope. nothing. That's that's the Sorry. whole game. Yeah. But if you end up doing a lot of the side quests and like doing things like in a certain way, uh you you can get to the end, kill uh the the first son again and then start to climb the mountain of ash and you and the penitent one does not sink into it. Instead, he climbs all the way to the top to the throne sits on the throne and impales himself with his sword. And that's the end. He turns to, to stone and then he turns, he turns into a tree. Yeah. yeah, And then he starts to grow a tree out of him. And All right. there's, there's a, another cutscene of people just taking this throne and parading it around. Like it is this, this rebirth of their religion of the miracle. Yeah, you're like, guys, come on. I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> like this. We, hor- I, 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 we did this already. This horrible religion that has turned so many people into zombies or whatever, like has has just perpetuated pain and your character getting the secret ending that doing all the extra stuff is just reinforcing it. And this is where I was just like, okay, Bloodborne. I definitely am feeling Bloodborne vibes because Bloodborne has like a classic kind of group of three endings. First ending where where they just they're like, well, you played the game. It was just a dream. Good goodbye. Wake you wake <laughs> up and you can go home now. And then there's another ending where um, you oh God, what is this? This there, there there's another ending which is kind of not so good. And then there's uh an ending where. They're like, you've defeated the god of the cosmos of this yeah. world. And now you're a squid. Congratulations. Well, you become the god of the cosmos, like the new god. <laughs> yeah. A baby one, at yeah. least. Yeah. And but you're you're very slimy. You'll you'll grow. Yes. 
but like this one, this one has that same kind of thing where you just you get the the secret ending, but neither of these endings are good. They're just kind of endings and that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's not a fourth one where Chrysanta's like, hey, now that we're all done with this, do you like want to go get a drink and I could be your girlfriend or something? Yeah, I Nothing know of like a good that. waffle house. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the waffles in Custodia <laughs> would not want to eat. Uh-uh. <laughs> Thus came the moment of final communion with the sword born of guilt. A last sacrifice in order to finish penance and break off with the ungodly will of the grievous miracle. But the plans of the miracle are capricious. Penance never ends, but changes. Hurts and condemns at will. But okay, so we did talk about the final boss, but the there are so many incredible designs in this game and in, with other bosses and other environments. Do you have like standout favorite environments to to talk about? I think one the I really love the rooftops of the Arch Cathedral. I thought that was like a that was just a, a cool place. It had a lot of uh, enemies that I actually wanted to fight, as opposed to a lot of the other dungeons where I was just like, God, I've got one of these guys again. Oh, yeah. floating Pope. Oh no. Um, but uh, the graveyard of the peaks was really interesting to me. How in the background you have these basically giant mountains with these huge uh faces kind of carved into them yeah and the, the the faces are a theme like you you see these different faces that are in different states of kind of decay or in pain and they're often static and often in the background but always just amazingly huge and it really gives you this incredible sense of scale which uh to have it on a 2d platformer is just absolutely incredible so when i was in the graveyard of the peaks i was just like this is cool. Even though the yeah. enemies were a pain in the butt, there was an enemy that's a ghost that's floating with the bell that oh. will chase you around and uh, they will hide outside of the map and then <laughs> chase you forever and then just beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And they're also the, the guys or like the, there's like uh, frescoes that are carved into the walls that will reach out with a sword and hit at you. And I, I found those really annoying. I don't even want to talk about those. <laughs> I, I I think I, I want to delete those from because because the fall one thing about this game, if you want to if we want to like, put this in the negative category, I know we've given it a lot of accolades, but um, there's a, a real issue with the fall animation. So if you are airborne and you get hit, which these fresco guys, they're basically things in the wall that like as soon as you get near them, they're going to hit you. Yeah. And uh there's not much that you can do aerially as far as defense goes, at least as far as I figured out, because I, I don't think I'm very good at this game, <laughs> but like, but when you, so when you do a fall animation and you basically have kind of two types of levels, right? Where there's a side scroll and then there's the up scroll. So you're either moving across the X axis or moving across the Y axis, but on the Y axis levels, there's always an enemy that is just the biggest pain in the butt yeah. because they'll hit, they'll hit you and then you fall super slow and there's really nothing you can do mm -hmm. yeah and so often you get hit a second time or a third time and especially on the uh 
the the trace anguistias there's the the three anguishes there's a boss that's like three mean looking witches in yeah. pointy hats <laughs> and you're and you're also trying to escape fire that's coming up from above which is <laughs> classic level design so, i really yeah. it's so great but like when if you, you, they will they will bust you you will get hit and yeah. in the middle of your fall animation the fire will rise so that by the time <laughs> you're out of the fall animation you're dead yeah yeah what what was your favorite level? So I I've got two. Uh, one for just like how well it was designed in just the concept, and that's uh, it's either pronounced Jondo or Yondo. I'm guessing it's mm-hmm. it, I, I'm guessing it's Yondo for Spanish. But um, so it is like this canyon kind of shape uh, of a of a level, but it is actually a giant bell that has been uh, turned upside down, and so you have to descend into this giant bell and go like from room to room that is is just one small piece of it and eventually you get down to the center of it where you you have to destroy three of these different statues and then that opens up the the ability for you to ring the bell and uh then go even deeper below it so i thought that was really cool as far as design goes um, some very annoying platforming moments. And, and eventually the, the area after that leads you to Trace Anguistas, which is, you know, that really annoying boss you mentioned. My other favorite one was the, um, I'm looking through the list here. It was the, the library of negated words. First of all, I, that was, that had my favorite track of music in the game. Uh, I yeah. loved that music. And then the, the design of it where, you have uh, a bunch of books that are strewn out on the floor. And if you step on the books, a bunch of ghosts come out and start to like swarm around you and, and you have to avoid those. Uh, so you have to avoid the books. And if you don't, then you have to avoid the ghosts. And then there are these guys that are, are like perched up on ledges that in one hand, they're holding their own severed head. And in the other hand, they have a sack that is spawning floating severed heads that float toward you and you have to avoid those or hit them to, to make them disappear. And you eventually have to work your way towards these guys that are holding a sack and hit them. And, and eventually they're uh, like, when you, when you kill them, the animation is like, it's incredible looking, but it is very graphic. And Carrie was, my wife was, uh, on the sofa next to me and she just saw that and started to laugh at how ridiculous it looked <laughs> it's so everything is so over the top yeah uh, yeah i guess we haven't really talked too much about the executions but if you kill a guy in this kind of special way um you'll get a a, a, a graphic kill where a little animation where they either grab the enemy's weapon and then murder them with it very it's very horribly, gory. horribly yes <laughs> super but- violent the penitent one will will sometimes just take his sword and decapitate an enemy uh and or or like he'll he'll like stab the enemy with it and then slice it in half pulling his sword out i think my uh personal favorite is there's these shield guys which are not that tough on their own once you learn mm-hmm. to yeah time timing and parry they just take up time which i was always just like god damn it but like what he'll do in the execution on that is is just kind of step on their shield and squish him with it. It's yeah, so great. Flatten an enemy. <laughs> and the crunch is very satisfying. Good sound effects. Yeah. Really good sound effects in this one. 
Okay, so same question, but for bosses. Like, do you have any standout bosses? I do. I, I've got a countdown. Oh, boy. Um, and uh, so the... So the first one is he's kind of an honorable mention because as far as the boss fight, it's not that great. But as far as what's happening in the background, it's so crazy that are you're you, never going to. Are you going to say Exposito? I'm going to say Exposito. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Exposito, my God. Exposito is uh, uh, in in that time in Spanish history is a baby that was been abandoned by their parents often um, because their parents were charged with uh, heresy by the Spanish inquisition. Yeah. So it's, it's basically a baby that has been kind of left alone because their parents were tortured to death by the Spanish inquisition. So that is gruesome and awful. What and, a, what a uh, great real, like real point of history to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you're basically fighting this snakehead thing. It is not that hard of a boss fight, no, to tell no. you the truth. It's not like the bullet hell of the Escobar uh, one, but like just in the background the whole time when you're beating the head of this snake, which the snake also looks like it's either on the end of a spine or an umbilical cord, which is fabulous. Yes. And and so every time you're hitting this thing, the baby starts to cry. <laughs> and, the, and the baby is bleeding out of its eyes. Well, and it's okay. just... It, it is so a awful. it is a blindfolded baby with blood dripping from the blindfold, which is is just a disturbing thing to see. Um, and this giant baby is being held by a giant wicker woman, and so you're fighting part of the wicker woman, I guess, maybe the tail. Uh, but the the baby is the child of a supposed witch who was burned at the stake, and the lore that that you get from an item that's dropped before this baby fight is just horrible to read where like the, the mother of this baby was, uh, she, she was going to be burned at the stake and she asked someone to build a wicker form of herself to then hold the baby. And when they put the baby in the, the wicker woman's arms, he stopped crying. And they, they said like, well, the miracle was merciful. Once again, it's just so <laughs> horrible. Horrible to think about. You know, the more I hear about this miracle, I actually don't really think it's that miraculous. <laughs> Something's fishy here. <laughs> My, uh, so that uh, Exposito uh, for the, as far as boss fights goes, it was whatever, but uh, I, I, that was just art that I don't think we'll ever see again. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love, I, I loved the fight with Chrysanta, even though you don't actually kill her. She, uh, Chrysanta is this uh, kind of woman that is, she's a, she is a lot like you. She's kind of dressed like you. She has a very similar helmet. She's um, also she's, one of the few normal-sized people in the game. She's not a giant. She's your which, size. Which, don't you love those fights, especially in Souls games, and the Bloodborne fights that you're actually fighting someone that is just like you with similar powers, but maybe different upgrades that you don't have um, to you? Like You're just like, okay, it's just one-on-one. -on -one. You're not a giant monster. You're, you're just like another dude. Like, here we go. Let's do this. They're just they're daunting in a different way because I feel like I'm I'm facing off someone that I'm supposed to be as skilled as, but somehow they always outsmart me. <laughs> well, I have the power of being uh, trying again. <laughs> you, I have to I only have to kill you once. You have to kill me as many times as I as much free time as I have. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that boss. I love her little E Honda move where she just like zaps across the screen yeah. in a little pur 
purple bullet. That's fantastic. I, I actually, I, I think my tie for favorite is um, Ten Piedad, uh, which is uh, one of the, actually the first bosses that you fight, which is this crazy looking it's it's another it's it's semi wicker looking it's like a half yeah. tree monster mutant with a big beak face and um he's got a you... great entrance too first off he's a giant like everybody else and when you approach him he's sleeping or lounging in the arms of this giant statue and then he wakes up climbs out of it and takes the head of the statue, rips it off and slams it onto the floor, shattering it. And then the fight starts. Oh God, that's, it's so yeah. cool. And if you do the fight, right. If you, if you do everything right, which I didn't, um, you can actually get a little helper. Yeah. Who will, who will show up and she'll heal you. Yeah. But I didn't do that part. You have to talk to her and then you have to answer her question that doesn't really like, there's no real, like explanation as to like whether or not you should say yes or no to it, or even whichever answer means yes. And which one means no, it's, it's just so <laughs> obtuse. So yeah. like you, you just have to hope that you hit the right thing when she, you know, asks for a prompt. She's like, do you want me not to don't unhelp you? And you're like, uh, yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, then my, so she's also tied with uh, Melchiades, which uh, is a giant skeleton who's being floated on these uh, uh, these weird hands that show that are kind of coming up out of this pit, and it's this giant skeleton pope-looking thing. I guess a bishop. He's not he the was, pope. Yeah, and and that one I loved the design for because uh, he was he was this this like uh, high figure in the religion who had died. And then they exhumed his body and paraded it around and decorated it like he was alive still. And the the lore in that says, take all the jewels, all the precious stones, all the gold from those chests to consecrate him. For today, we will clothe the saint and raise his body to the highest. And so the boss fight itself is just him laying on this bed. But then there are giant arms that are holding him up above your head. And you have to strike the arms to then to, like make make his body descend toward you, and then you have to hit him in the head uh, when it's it's close enough. It's such a cool boss fight, and one thing that actually makes that boss fight, I think, makes it number one for me, is uh, this mechanic that happens in the fight where if you watch his hand, he's he's making like a cross. He'll sometimes be making a crossed fingers sign with the hand. Yeah, which means which means he's going to do one attack. And then he'll like move to like kind of a point. And when he does that, it means he's you're about to go into a little bit of a bullet hell. And so you're kind of going to have to run around and dash more. And I was just like, that's so neat. Like if you're not paying attention, if you're just focusing on your character and moving and attacking the hands, like you're not really going to see that. But if you are really taking in, so it's a great integration of the art, the style and the story like all in one, like it, it really is like, it's good gameplay, but also amazing storytelling. And that does reach back to those other like souls, like kind of games where you have to look for the specific tell for what the boss is going to do next. Love that. Yeah. That, that one I really loved. I, I was hoping you'd, you'd bring him up to, to talk about him. Uh, one other boss that, that I really enjoyed that we haven't mentioned yet is Curse returned by the flames. 
that guy is he's like the fire boss that is trapped inside this prison and he's he's <laughs> so like that one gave me some trouble man <laughs> yeah he he's like he is your size like your character size but he bounces around the room like crazy and you have to learn the patterns that he's going to do intimately and really just not get greedy with with hits like there were so many times where like i would bum rush him and and like slice at him and get one good hit in and a second and then i'd go for a third and get like and i'd get that third hit in but then i'd get hit by him and if i had just backed off and just been happy with two hits i would have been fine and he's got an interesting tell too how when he throws his sword at the wall it kind of like will give you an inclination of like what he's going to do next yeah yeah and he'll probably teleport to it but then like he'll also uh, he might throw out like a column of fire and uh, also like something to note about these bosses is that their attacks change forms the longer you fight them and they don't have like these big like grandiose transitions from one segment to the next it's just that their attacks get stronger or their their sequences change a little bit and you have to be aware of that coming you cannot be lazy when you're playing this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would just say, I would say, leave the gummies at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, so what, 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 so what was your favorite boss? I, I, I think, uh, you know, you, you already mentioned it, uh, for the art itself. I loved Exposito. Um, and then just the mechanics. I, I loved, uh, Kirse and also, uh, Melchidas, the exhumed Bishop. The fire boss was really cool as far as the like the patterns go in the mechanics, but just the way those other two bosses were designed, the the giant baby creeped me the hell out. And then uh, the the exhumed bishop just was really cool looking and really it, very heavy metal inspired, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I guess I forgot to say about Kirsey was Kirsey has this great like Spanish guitar music that's playing yeah. at the same time yeah it really reminded me of the fight uh, like if you're fighting vega in street fighter 2 I like to to ask, uh, you know, at you know, would you recommend this kind of game to someone, you know, that that hasn't played it before or might not know anything about it? Would you give it? Uh, it's not worth your time or your money, or would you say check it out if you find it on sale or you have PlayStation Plus, or just say like definitely worth the full price? How would you rate it? God, I guess I would say it's definitely worth the full price if you are the type of person who is ready to be frustrated because the like I said before, there like the, there's a lot of times where you're where you're, you feel like your player is slow. Prayers are absolutely useless, and you'll like and you will just waste <laughs> a lot of time working on prayers. There's long charges that never work on bosses, no matter what. Um, yeah. The, uh, the the non-linear aspect might be frustrating to some people, but like if that actually sounds interesting to you, which I think it does to a lot of people, seeing how Elden Ring was game of the year, 
Um, people love the Dark Souls series. Bloodborne is a game that is still talked about to this day. I'd say check it out. Yeah, you it's worth the price, especially yeah. if you got PlayStation Plus, baby. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you're willing to to look stuff up online, then, yeah, it, it is worth checking out, I think. Uh, but there were a couple of people that did write in and just wanted to say a couple of quick things about the game. Uh, Mike Atkins said, awesome game, perfect level of difficulty. All the upgrades are meaningful and rewarding and the visuals are dope as shit. Uh, <laughs> and, and I really have to agree with them. Um, you know, this game felt really hard at first and I had to like any other souls game, I had to get used to it. So you know, it seems like the more and more we talk about this, the more you're convincing me that this really is like a Dark Souls game, a lot more than I thought. There's there's a lot of stuff that's going on, yet it still is it, it is blasphemous. It is doing its absolute own thing. Yeah, yeah. It is it's breaking a lot of those rules, uh, and yet obeying so many of the tropes of the genre. Mm -hmm. So you feel like. And that gets you into this false sense of familiarity <laughs> where you're like, I kind of know how to play a game like this. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and one thing I'll just say to Mike is, Mike, the upgrades for the prayers. What do you, I, I, that, that one, I, I will take all the upgrades. <laughs> asterisk, except for prayers. Yeah. Even, Tien, even Tiento. I was just like, this is going to be the coolest. No, it ended up no. not being. The only no. way to get out of, the only way to get out of trouble is to dash and move out of the way and jump and Bag of man your way around. Yeah, like like the opening, I think there was one prayer that I ended up using, which is, you know, it's it's like a spell. But like there's one that I used on a regular basis, and it's the one that spawns a couple of uh like orbs around you that float around your character and act as a good force field. But other than that, I, I rarely used them. Uh let's yeah. see. John uh John Orion Quintana said, I love everything about the game, but I'm just trash at 2D games. And you know, yeah, this game is going to push back. Uh, you know, it it will beat you down if you don't learn the patterns. Uh, if you don't, you know, be careful with where you're going and, and platforming. It, it is not an easy game to just kind of jump into. So, uh, like, it, it is one that is kind of an acquired taste almost, like like a lot of other Dark Souls games. Uh, yeah, it, as yeah. far as like a two, as far as a two D game goes, like it really takes advantage of its greatest enemy which is spikes <laughs> and pits you are you are gonna fall down a pit you are gonna die on the spikes don't test the spikes they don't just hurt they kill you yeah. every time one of and my... also they don't really show you where the spikes are sometimes you'd be like oh it looks like i could jump down here nope full of spikes one of my favorite upgrades in this game and and i've never seen any other metroidvania do this but there is an upgrade that lets you fall into bottomless pits and that allows you to explore different areas or create new shortcuts in the game because then you can just like not take not take damage well you don't take damage when you fall anyway but if you fall into a pit you automatically die however this time when you if you have this thing equipped it will let you fall into the pit and you'll get to a different room or you'll get to a room that you've already been in and you just unlocked a new shortcut that is still just one way, but it is, you know, a new way to get around. And I've never seen any other game do that. So I love that. That is such that is such brilliant game design. And I am actually going to have to tell my dad about this because I definitely remember being a kid with my Nintendo 
and uh, I was playing Super Mario Brothers, which was the only game that we had. Um, and uh, my dad was like, well, if you go down that, if you jump down that pit, there's like a bunch of one ups. Like, really? <laughs> I don't think so. That's not really how the game works. He's like, trust me. And I jumped down and he's like, ha ha, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, OK, so uh, let's see. Callum McEwen said uh, the mixture of a Metroidvania crossed with souls like hit absolutely perfect for me. And the art style is incredible with some of the most messed up looking bosses I've ever seen. Exposito, especially. And yeah, have to agree with him. Uh, you know, Exposito, a giant blindfolded bleeding baby, just very unsettling. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Nope. Nope. Rob Dirksen said, I loved this game, 100%ed it. The gameplay was fairly simple, as I recall, but serviceable. The graphics really helped to keep me going. I wanted to see the next area, enemy or boss. And, uh, you know, I, I did feel like the combat was very simple at first, but, you know, like it, it felt kind of like Zelda 2, where you only have a very small set of moves, but you really have to make the most of all of those moves and understand exactly what each one of them does and the benefits of each one. So like a, a good example for me was I loved the the lunge with the, the sword out move to like pierce whatever you, you could reach the farthest. Um, and that was a great move for some of the boss fights. Uh, but then like some of the other boss fights that that I would try to use that on horrible strategy. Yeah, once you get sacred thrust, it, it really helps a lot. Yeah. I use I use that a lot. I use that a ton. Sacred thrust is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, anyone to who wrote in. Uh, you know, Rob. Thank you, thank you, Callum. Like the these are great points to make. The sound does not cease. It creeps on these forgotten walls, and no one can determine its origin or its obscure destiny. For the love of the high wills, silence it, for I have long yearned for it. Brian, moving on to the actual books and more recommendations of the, this book club style podcast. Do you have any games to recommend in that Metroidvania style? I absolutely do. And mine is a bit of a weird one. It's one that I kind of just like uh, found not on PlayStation Plus, but on the uh, PlayStation uh, service where you get to play the old games. And uh, that is Castlevania Harmony of Despair, which I feel is li is little played. It's uh, it came out in 2010. And uh, so it was already like way behind the times <laughs> and it, on <laughs> game facts has it at a 67% IGN puts it at a 77.5 out of 10. Um, but I feel like it is such a fun and weird game. The game is basically like uh, every you, you basically have these different levels that you go through. You spend a lot. You, you, you get to spend like the, your pre level time in this like inventory screen where you're like attaching putting on a shoe or a ribbon or all, all these little different upgrades and stuff. And then, you know, putting food and different healing items in your inventory. And, uh, and then you go into a level 
and then the level is completely zoomed out and you see every single part of it and you even see the boss room and you even see the boss <laughs> and, and and sometimes the boss like gives you the middle finger and is like ah oh, you'll never defeat me ha <laughs> come on give it a try and then it'll start you in a room and then you have to do like a lot of metroidvania stuff but it is it is contained level by level which is i think it's kind of nice for someone that maybe isn't into a giant eight hour metroidvania experience where you have to like get to the end then go back to the beginning and doing a lot of trudging back and forth which i think is maybe a little bit of a weakness of this game yeah so god castlevania harmony of despair super fun especially when uh you get to that second level and there's a giant mean puppet boss with a bad <laughs> attitude and that was the game that had uh it was like castlevania like the, the other castlevania games but it was co-op as well wasn't it yeah, you can have all your buddies on yeah. there. If you have friends, which unfortunately I didn't at the time, uh, <laughs> give, it, give that a try. Yeah. Or get your mom to play it, whatever. <laughs> and then like the, the other question that I wanted to ask, uh, you know, do you have any, any recommendations for Souls-style games uh, for someone that liked Blasphemous? I, you were the one who, who I know that loves Souls-style games the most. What are some of the, the ones that you could recommend in the vein of this game. I mean, you can't go wrong. Really, you just can't go wrong. The the Demon Souls remake is amazing. The Dark Souls HD remake is is accessible compared to this. Um, but truly for me, my Matterhorn uh, of these games and the one that really just got me to uh, invest so much time and energy and just made me think. And it's another game where some greater entity from the cosmos comes down into our world and just wreaks havoc and turns us all into monsters. Uh, Bloodborne. Yeah. I, I, I think that game is, I, I haven't really, to me, that's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved that too. I remember uh, just starting it up and, and kind of being confused about what to do and how to play it. And I think I was on a walk one evening and uh, you asked me about it. Uh, in your front yard and I was like well I don't know and you you said oh you know try the try the hunter's axe that's a really good one and I never <laughs> I, I tried it never went back I loved it so much so um, <laughs> there's yeah. some there's some there's something so great about just swinging a giant axe around and around and just making yeah. everyone just eat garbage just next to you just <laughs> it is so cool and then and, and and you can shoot them too if you feel like it, it doesn't really hurt them very much but yeah it's yeah. satisfying <laughs> Anything else that you're you're reading, watching, playing that you'd like to recommend? Oh, God in heaven. Yes, absolutely. I have read this book now four times. This is a book called Recursion by Blake Crouch. And it is a time travel book where time travel has some very interesting mechanics and uh, and consequences that the characters have to figure out. And I would say, like, if you took if you, if you took a chalkboard and tried to figure out all the timelines on this, you would run out of chalk. <laughs> recursion. OK, I'm going to have to look that one up. It's fantastic. Okay. Blake Crouch recursion. That's cool. That's cool. And and yeah, I can I can second that that recommendation for Bloodborne um, and, and Dark Souls, eh, you know, give Bloodborne a try. And if you like that, then check out Dark Souls. And, uh, you know, this game kind of got me in the mood to try another Souls game just because I didn't really feel that after, after like after completing it. So I still have that craving and 
I have I, I still have Dark Souls 3 that I've never played, and I've had it for like five years now. So I might have to just finally boot that up. Dark Souls 3 is great. Yeah. El- yeah. Elden Ring is also incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only other recommendation I have is for next month's game, which is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. We're going to be taking a nostalgia trip back in time on the shell of this very recently released Turtles game has captured the style of those old arcade beat-em-ups that my friends and I crowded around at Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm very excited to reminisce about it. Uh, Have you played Shredder's Revenge at all? I have. My son hated it, and I was just like, this is so great. (laughs) Go go grab, like, two more friends. I think what we need to do is get all the turtles. Yeah, yeah. You Like, the more friends on there, the better it is. So I I really hope that that, uh, everyone listening gets to uh, enjoy that next month. Uh, And I call call Donatello. Oh, man, he is my favorite. (laughs) At least in the old games. I haven't played this new one. But, Brian, uh, again, what is the, the name of your podcast? My podcast is called You Hate to Hear It, and uh, you can find us on Twitter if uh, if that's what you like. We are on Twitter at YHTHI Podcast, or if you want to send us a recommendation about a song that the, you kind of don't like, or you just want to get talked about, or you think it's kind of controversial for some reason, we're at YHTHI.podcast at gmail.com. All right. And then uh, do you have a Twitter handle you'd like to plug for yourself? Uh, well, yeah, I am on at I'm a big fan. All one word. I'm a okay. big fan. I like that one. That's that's very positive for the way uh, Twitter is going right now. Yeah. For a guy <laughs> who basically does a podcast every week about all the songs that he thinks suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you want to be a part of the show, just like Brian here, feel free to write into PSPlusGameClub at gmail.com and let us know what you thought about Shredder's Revenge also. But until then, until next time where we get together and talk some turtles, please have a great day and have fun playing around. <laughs>